Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And why don't we just go ahead and get started with callers. And uh, Neil's up first. Good morning, Neil. Hi, Bob. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good, thank you. Uh, you know, uh, I bought in September uh, 23rd, 2015. I got it written down in my little book. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a Satsuma okay. Round Select. And uh, the first year or so, I got a, a really large orange. Mm-hmm. And it was a, I mean, it was like a grapefruit almost, just okay. one. And that was the only one I got. And then uh, periodically, you know, the leaves would come on and fall off uh, during the wet wet times or the cold. Uh, and the last uh, fall, yeah, was it last fall? Yeah, last fall I, I mentioned that all the, the leaves fell off. And you said to contact you back in the spring. I know it's not quite spring, but I'm just wondering uh, what, what to do with this. It doesn't have a leaf on it. And I looked at the stems of the, uh, and part of it is green, you know, uh, but mm-hmm. the tips are brown. And I noticed also the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, f- the flare is there when I put it in the pod. So I made sure the flare was up above. Okay. And then... Uh, and then I noticed that the, uh, uh, the the graft is about 12 inches above the ground. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm calling back to find out what else I can do with this plant uh, before I kill it. Well, it, obviously the plant has gone through significant shock, probably went through significant root, root loss. The uh-huh. question is, does it have enough energy to start breaking out and putting on new leaves. Uh And the way that you can help make that happen, I mean, if you just leave it like it is, it Uh may just sit there and slowly deteriorate. But a plant that's not in good shape like this, if you cut it back, cut it back into the green wood, uh, if you follow that brown wood down to where Uh it's green, then go two or three inches below that point and Uh cut it, what you're doing is concentrating the hormones that make those little leaves break and start to grow. And a lot of times it, it just kind of kickstarts them. If you just leave them like they are, they just sit there and slowly diminish. But if you give them a fairly severe pruning, then what you're doing is concentrating the auxins that make the leaves start to grow. When the leaves once again start to grow, starts absorbing the sun's energy, starts storing some nutrients for a change instead of burning them all, then the plant can start making its slow comeback. But if you don't give it that severe pruning, uh, lots of times it just sits there and dwindles and ultimately dies. We don't want to do it too early because you don't want to get a lot of new leaves coming out and then have the potential uh-huh. for them to freeze back because yeah, that just I was afraid of. 
at this point, when you cut it back, it normally starts, normally takes about two weeks before you see the buds start to swell and come out. And hopefully by two weeks from now, by the end of February, we're going to be well into that period when we may or may not get another freeze. Uh, and if we do, it's going to be a light one. So you can cover it if you need to. So right. I'm going to tell you sometime in the next two weeks, uh, I'd be pretty vicious with uh, your you know, your pruning shears. The other thing that lots of times happens when a plant is really stressed, like this Satsuma is, it will start branching out below the root or the graft point. So keep a close eye on it. And if any time, if you see it when it's real young, you just take your thumb and those things just pop off, you know, real, real easily. So be certain that the tree is putting what reserve energy it has into the grafted portion, not to the root zone. So, uh, again, pretty severe pruning. Watch very carefully and just, uh, I mean, the day you see any little buds swelling down below the graft point, take those off, and you've probably got at least a 50-50, maybe a little better chance that that tree is going to go ahead and come back out and resume growth. Um, you can help it, of course, mist the tree itself with a little garret juice, a little super thrive, a uh, little has to grow in there because that tree is going to need the, the nutrients so that when it starts absorbing the sun's energy, it can start manufacturing the carbohydrates, and that's what it's all about, storing sugars and growing. Okay, so I should cut it now. Now, sometime within the next two weeks. It doesn't have to be today. Today is fine. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I'll cut it back down into the green wood on every limb. And missed it. And and missed it. Daily, yeah. you know, even more than that. Uh, watch for growth below the graph point. Take that off immediately. And, um, you know, if like I say, this gives it its very best chance of coming out and uh, continuing to live and grow. Okay, when should I uh, start fertilizing it? Or as soon as I see the leaves? Uh, as soon as you start seeing the leaves, yes, you can start putting some nutrients on the soil that will be taken okay. up by the roots. But in the meantime, you know, give it a little IV food. Put a little bit of nutrient in that okay. it, that you're misting with, and okay. uh, okay. you'll be kind of just feeding the top. We don't. We don't, I don't believe in a lot of foliar feeding because I think it leads to not having as good a root system. So this is going to be a a temporary thing. Let's get it growing again. Let's get it off life support. And uh, then we can get back to doing things like we usually do. Okay, great, uh, Bob. Oh, uh, one thing I want to, you know, a couple of weeks ago you were on uh, on a, some kind of safari out there. <laughs> it's called buying trip. It's when we go out and stock up the nursery, right? You know, I wanted to call in, and, and you kept saying, I got an empty board now. Call in now. <laughs> and I kept calling in and calling in. I kept Get the busy, busy signal. signal. I said, my word, I've been listening to your program from the very start of the, in the early morning. And I said, I bet he's on some kind of out of town program. You know, I'll and next time I see our operations manager, I'll tell him they ought to do like I have they heard other stations and just say you're just say you're listening to a best of and that would give that would give uh the best thing. I mean, when Bruce Dooley was in town and things, uh, used to get him to actually come into the station and sit uh-huh. in, but then they decided, well, Bruce moved out of town and they wanted to do the quote best of shows. But I'll mention uh-huh. to Greg that, uh, it would be a good idea to, uh, yeah. just start that out with your listening to a best of show. I'll, I'll pass that along, Neil. Okay, great. Uh, on Sunday, uh, he did mention it, but not on Saturday. Well, different, okay. uh, di- different folks and different strokes, but, yes. uh, 
you get out and have a good weekend, and I okay, uh, hope that old groundhog sees, doesn't see a shadow today. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Neil. All right. Bye. All right, Rita's turn. Good morning, Rita. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Um, I'd like to buy a ticket for safari. I think that would be so much fun. <laughs> oh, my God. You have no idea how many miles and miles we walked looking at oh. junk. I, Roberta said it best one time. When we go to Atlanta, which is the biggest gift market probably in the world, certainly in the United States, they're like uh, over 9 million square feet. That's over 200 acres of showrooms. And there's not one single thing in there that is essential for life. It is all it is all things we tell ourselves we want, and ninety five percent of it is just pure crud that oh, it's just so poorly made and everything else. Yeah. And that's why we go. You can't look at the a picture and tell what quality something is. You've got to be able to touch it to feel it. If you look at a head on shot of a pot, you can't tell how thick the walls are. Or whether it's simply painted or pigmented. Anyway, we uh, oh <laughs> it's God. it's not a vacation, but we oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and then we do it all over again. I was in Las Vegas uh, this uh, we were we were in Las Vegas uh, all of this last week. I left after Sunday show and got back in last night. And oh. Las Vegas is not my kind of place. I mean, no. about thirty minutes of the spectacle, but we did get out and do a little hiking. We got out and visited some nurseries and all, but. Uh, yeah, we sometimes go to fun places to go to both nursery and gift show, but uh, believe me, it's a long way for a va- from a vacation. Now, I will admit that one week in the fall when I sneak off to somewhere oh, in the yeah. mountains to hike and fly fish, <laughs> that's vacation. That's and, your uh, vacation yeah, time. Yeah, and I'll bet you there are a lot of people out there half my age that can't keep up with me going up those <laughs> mountains, but uh, I'm just uh, very thankful to be able to do all the things I do. So how's your world? Been a while since we talked. I know. It's been great. Uh, Santa brought me a second greenhouse. Oh, wonderful. Isn't that neat? And uh, I've acquired another creature, an uh, 11-year-old little rescue, a miniature schnauzer, so you know who I'm seeing. Oh, my. Yes, yeah. our, our, our good friend that I get to visit with on Sundays. I know, and I'll see him on Monday. Very good. But uh, what? just a couple of questions this morning. Um when you transplant aspidistra, like I did last spring, is there a horticultural way to keep them standing up straight? Because I had rocks uh, to hold them up straight, um, tomato cages, stakes, you know, because the leaves are so big and there's no right. not a lot of root. So are you supposed to cut the leaves in half? Yes, or? yes, you do oh, cut the leaves okay. in half. And, you know, it. Uh, if you are able to take bigger clumps, they will stand up a little bit better. But Aspidistra grows off of a rhizome, as you well know, kind of like uh-huh. a uh, German iris does. Uh-huh. And if you've just got one skinny little, you know, soda straw-sized uh, <laughs> rhizome and, and that big sail sticking up, even cutting half the leaf off may or may not, you know, be enough to help stabilize it. Um, you can uh, because, you know, the rhizomes of Aspidistra are underground, and you can plant them a little deeper in the pot. You can cover those things with an inch of soil instead of putting them right up near the surface where they originally were. And because the, the leaf that's on there now, even cut down to half, 
that leaf's not going to last forever. And if you, you know, if you cause that leaf to deteriorate a little bit by burying it too deeply, by the time it <clears throat> it's done for, it, the plant's going to have put on started put on new leaves. So. Right. Then you can just go in and cut that. That's one way to do it. The other thing is to take a piece of, um, probably use something like picture hanging wire or something like that. Cut a little, cut little six inch pieces of it, bend them into a U shape, and then just press them down over that. In fact, you could maybe even make it more like 10 inches long. So you've got five inch legs on it and just push that down over the top of the rhizome. That will hold it upright. Um, in repotting orchids, what I used to always do and, and still do is take a, a fairly heavy metal wire, like a piece of a coat hanger, that's just very, well, it's just right the same diameter of the pot, and just with your two thumbs on the outer edge, push that down in, scrape it against the side of the pot so that it's wedged in place, Push that down on top of the rhizome, and that will hold it in place until the new roots start to form. Right, so it doesn't rock rock around. Right, because rocking right. around has the potential to break those new roots that are trying to grow and develop. Okay. Now, did I make a mistake by trying? I've just bought two baby cattleyas. Uh-huh. I put one on the corkwood and one on fir bark. Okay. Is that going to be okay, or should they go in a pot? They, you can do either way. Now, okay. I would be reluctant to try to mount a, uh, you know, a cattleya on a piece of fir bark. I think cork is fine. Um, I think even a tree fern slab is fine. Just the the only thing about growing orchids on slabs of one thing or another, as opposed to growing them in pots, is you have to water about three times as often. You have to really imitate you know, what the plants are doing in nature, and that is getting a, you know, at least a misting every single day. And, of course, cattleyas with their with their pseudobulbs, which are just organs for water storage, they're not going to suffer as much if they dry out as some of your vandas, some of your phalaenopsis, some of the orchids that don't have pseudobulbs. Uh-huh. Those, it's just, you know, you, you run the risk of losing them if, you, if they get very dry at all. Cattleyas, you know, cattleyas are, are tougher. They're not as tough as, you know, some of the big old huge bulb doncidiums and things like that. But uh, they they are a little tougher. They grow beautifully on uh, tree firm fiber or, you know, on cork or something like that. But you really, you've got to be there to water okay. them every day, day okay. in, day out, uh, and, you know, at least wash them down the other thing i was noticing because as you've heard me say i also have a new greenhouse which took some months to build and some months longer waiting for the blasted power company to get power to me so i am also resupplying a new greenhouse and i'm looking at uh you know at how much residue i'm building up on the leaves for my high calcium water so one of my projects before i get real busy this spring is get a couple of my rainwater catchment tanks in there so that i'll have a little bit more calcium free water and keep the leaves a little prettier looking yeah i've got one of those 100 gallon plastic um oh like horse troughs yeah because i went from the galvanized to the plastic and so that's where my rainwater is and my mosquito larva for my fish my <laughs> tropical fish there so you go serve two pups. okay one last question um and i don't know this doesn't really pertain to plants I was out 
not long ago, it was cool out, so I had kind of a heavy knit uh, pullover top. Whatever stung me came through that heavy knit top. Mm-hmm. It was like 10 wasps at once. I mean, I never saw it, but I, I mean, I never saw it land on me, but it slammed into me and stung. Have you got any idea what that would have been? And you're sure it wasn't actually in the pullover? No, no. Because, I, I mean, had, you yeah. know, I I got stung in the middle of the night a year or so ago with a scorpion deciding to walk across my pillow. And Ooh. by the time I got the light on, that little SOB was, you know, mm. six feet away and hightailing it out of there. He didn't make it, I'm happy to say. But, but a scorpion is the most common thing, and you would be amazed. I know Roberta a few years ago had one fall out of a light fixture you know above the bed oh. got into her her nightshirt or whatever she was wearing and stung her like three times oh and she said she came out of that almost immediately and never did find the scorpion mm. so my guess is a scorpion uh there are various flying creatures of course it will do that some of these uh uh, and believe it or not, the paper wasp will give you a nasty jolt, but things like the so-called cicada killers, and there is a wasp that paralyzes uh, grasshoppers and drags them off. They say, thank God I've never experienced it, but they say the sting of one of those things is like 10 paper wasps getting you all at once. So, yeah, uh, but a, but a, scorpion is, yeah. a scorpion is my first suspicion. And like I say, those little guys, if you've ever seen a a scorpion run, I turned on the light in my barn recently and one of them went flying up the wall. And I mean, that thing ran almost as fast as a lizard. So that's, that's my guess as to what you were dealing with. Okay. Because one year I had one get me on the leg. Mm -hmm. I had to go to the ER because what happened, it had gotten me on the nerve Yep. In that on that shin, that's what the doctor said. But anyway, I didn't know if you had any idea what that thing was. That God, is my that's hurt. my best guess. Yep. Okay. Well, anyway, don't do it let's, again. <laughs> <laughs> let's let you go, and uh, you you have a great great week, and uh, I'll be listening. And what's your new baby's name? <gasps> Sally May Bark. Sally May Bark. Yes, that May sounds very. May as an M A E. Sally May bark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I bet she Sally does. does bark. There you go. She does. And well, she's eleven years old and and was in really really bad shape. Well, so, I tell you, Dan and I may talk about you tomorrow. You get out and have a good day today, Rita. Right. It's good to talk to you. Take care, Bob. Goodbye. All right. Next up is Mimi, and then it'll be Carol. Good morning, Mimi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I want I want to talk about broccoli this morning. Okay. Uh, I had uh, planted uh, some uh, Green Magic Hybrid, mm-hmm. and I always thought Green Magic was a good good uh, uh, selection, but that stuff just made a, a big head in the center. It's really not doing side shoots. I uh, took the big heads off about a month ago. Yeah. And they're just barely putting little side shoots on. What's wrong? Everybody down here is complaining about that. Well, unfortunately, the the really good broccoli uh, was uh, not Green Magic, but Green Comet. And Green oh, Magic okay. is, uh, um, you know, the it is their replacement, but it is not nearly as good. 
Uh, there are some old broccoli strains out there. You're probably not going to find them in the nursery. Waltham, W-A-L-T-H-A-M, is one. Um, I'd have to, gosh, I'd have to get out my list to really see. But what you're going to have to do, if you really want those that branch heavily after the first head, you're probably going to need to go to uh, um, Baker Creek Seeds or um, Seed Savers Exchange or, you know, one of the older seed companies that does still have some of the old varieties and they're always going to be better but you have to realize the the seed producers the hybridizers they don't care a bit about you or me or most of the home gardeners or any of the home gardeners because what do we plant maybe i plant 50 broccoli plants in a big year a dozen plants in a small year they want to make seed for the people that are planting fifty thousand plants and those are the commercial guys that just want that one big head and then they're going to pull the plants up and start over so the newer hybrid seeds are going to be not nearly as good for producing the side heads but most of the older heirloom varieties uh, and, and there's several companies out there. Renee's uh, is another one. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Botanical Interest is another seed line that we get. But uh, go, to, you know, uh, in fact, here locally, Dave's, David's Garden Seeds probably has some older varieties of broccoli. And those are the ones. They're, they're mail order. You can go online and order, and David will send it out to you probably the same day. But uh, those are what you're going to have to do or get away. Even Green Magic. Green Magic is better than, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember the other new one. I, I just don't fool with the new ones because they just don't, um, they don't branch well. But the older varieties are easy to start from seed. Don't direct seed them into the garden. Start them in your little pots uh, inside or on porch or whatever. And you'll get a little nice little transplant in about four to six weeks and uh, that's how you, that's what you're going to have to do to get those ones that go on producing heads. Yeah, that's what several of us were going to do. Somebody's going to order the seed, yeah. and we're going to distribute it. But uh, can you, uh, at another time, maybe list out the names of some other good ones then? I will. I will do it. In fact, maybe one of these days I'll remember to bring in one of my catalogs from Baker Creek or somewhere like that. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll talk about, but Waltham is one that comes to mind and I'll just, uh, uh, top crop is another one, I believe. And I'll, I'll try to give you a more extensive list. Okay. And one other thing, I, uh, purchased a, uh, uh, orange tree last year and I still have it in the container. It's about a three gallon container. Mm -hmm. Well, all my citrus is starting to we do the blooming right now already. Yeah, yeah. Can I uh, transfer it to a larger pot now, or do absolutely. I want to wait? No, absolutely. You know, if you were digging it up and moving it, you would be damaging the roots, and that would not be necessarily a good thing. But where okay. you're simply popping it out of one pot, putting it into another pot, the plant doesn't really know you've done anything to it. I mean, that's like either getting a five-second exposure to cold air or getting a five-hour exposure to cold air. If the plant's not really even to know you've done anything. You're just popping it out of one pot, putting it into okay. another pot. And that's what I, you know, that that is just, that's just repotting is all you're doing. You're not really transplanting i guess we get down to semantics is exactly what's meant by those but you're not damaging the roots and going from one pot to another the way you would be digging it up out of the ground and moving it somewhere else so uh do that anytime uh the plant didn't even know you've done it 
Okay, and what do I want to? What kind of soil do I want to add to it? Uh, can I just use compost? I have some of my own that I may make. Take about a, take about half garden soil and about half compost. Okay. And just I if have you a have a bag to, of that uh, top shelf, I was going to try it. I haven't even looked at. I what would, it yeah, like. I would blend it up with a little bit of just garden dirt, so to speak. Okay. Then you want to stay away from or, or soils that are high in peat moss. Uh, if you okay. if you are buying a potting soil, be sure you're getting one that's based on core C O I R coconut fiber rather than something that's based mm-hmm. on Canadian peat. Okay, and also uh, when you, when you were talking to Rita about pinning down the plant, uh-huh. you know what I use? I keep 